And I'm going to welcome you back to the Principles Podcast. Again, we have Mr. Murray here and Mr. Hyam. We do have a special guest, uh, a guest from band, uh, from Hyam's background here. We have Tim Poe's guy. And you might say, who's Tim? Well, maybe you'll recognize his voice. But uh, Mr. Hyam, why don't you give an introduction? Yeah, we're very lucky to have the radio voice of the Mahoney Valley Scrappers with us today. But most importantly, he's the father of one of my son's uh, friends, one of his close friends, uh, Tyler. So Tyler and Jordan hang out. They like to play baseball together. And just thought I'd reach out to Tim and, you know, chat a little bit about what's going on in the baseball world and, you know, what's going on in the in the Mentor area. So, Tim? Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, any chance to get out of the uh, the funk that we're in and talk sports is is always a welcome day. So as we were talking in our intro with you, uh, we're all sports fans, huge baseball fans. And one of the things I'll get a little academic here is that we talk to our students about, you know, meeting the four E's. We talk about education, you know, getting an enrollment into a four year school when they graduate. We talk about enlisting in the armed forces. We talk about entrepreneurship and employment. And you get the best of all those worlds, minus maybe the enlistment part. Um, you get to pay, you're getting paid to do what you love to do. So talk to us about kind of that road you took, uh, that led you into doing what you do every day. Uh, well, I mean, it's one of those things where you kind of just fell into it. Uh, I started off as a player, played in high school, went to Gilmore Academy, played baseball there for a guy that was like one of the Ohio legends in coaching. Um, so played for Ray Sharnsky there. Uh, absolutely loved my time there. Got lucky enough to play in college. Uh, ended up at Ashland, played in the College World Series. From there, got a chance to sign professionally. Um, once that ended, it was kind of one of those, okay, what do I do with my life? Went into banking, absolutely made great money and absolutely hated everything I did. Uh, so the opportunity came along to get into broadcasting and just be around baseball, it's something I always kind of toyed around with because I was a communications major when I was in college. So I kind of toyed around with the idea of doing it. And then when someone said, hey, we're going to give you a paycheck to talk about baseball and watch baseball, it was a no-brainer. Uh, hopped all over it. And from there, it's just been a, a pretty fun ride here the last 10 years. That is amazing. Um, what's been the best part of your daily interaction with these athletes? Honestly, um, you know, you, people would say, oh, getting to know them, you know, having, you know, Tyler Naquin's phone number to call them, none of that stuff. It's all great, but it's the interaction that my kids have had with these guys. Um, when my wife goes out to spring training, if I'm with her or not, they go and they see these guys and they come up and they remember my kids. They remember Timmy and Tyler. Uh, they just, they're walking through the complex and all of a sudden they get called over. They're handed a, a baseball or a bat or they just spend time with them. And just the interaction that those guys have with my kids is the best part of the job. So, you know, your boys have a lot of access to them. And I think, uh, you know, that's the athletic side. But you also have a wife who's in education. One of our close friends together, Matt Manillo, is in education as well. So, you know, you're involved with education uh, as much as you are with athletics. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is like to be in a house with uh educators and friends who are educators uh, and now i grew up in a house full of educators i grew up with a, two teachers and one became a principal and now i have a married a teacher that became a principal and now is the uh, technology director at north Royalton schools so education is at the forefront of everything and that's passed on to our kids as well 
even at, you know, Tyler being a fourth grader, if you aren't doing well in school, you're not playing baseball that weekend. It's just, it is what it is. So we're stressing that to them, that if you want the athletics to take you where you want to go in life, the school has to be hand in hand with it. It's not one or the other, it's together. And so I think that I feel, I don't feel bad, but I do at the same time for them having to grow up with an educator as, as a parent, because I know what I went through having two as parents, but in the, in the long run, I know I'm better for it and they're going to be better for it in the end as well. What's been the uh, virtual experience in your household? Uh, it's been crazy. We were actually on vacation when everything kind of went crazy. And my wife being the technology coordinator for the district, they weren't on break at the time. She just had a couple of days that she could leave. And so she had 48 hours to get the entire North Royalton district online to, to do virtual classrooms. So it's been worse for her than it has been for the kids. For the kids, it's like, oh, great. I can do my homework in bed. Now I don't have to get up. I can literally just sit here and do everything. Whereas she's been dealing with conference calls. When we were out on the West Coast, it was three o'clock in the morning, our time out there trying to get everything set up and run together. Uh, it's, it's been exhausting, but you know, what you guys are doing through this situation, uh, you guys and every other educator out there, it, you know, my hat's off to you guys. It's, it's uh, an unforeseen situation that I don't think anybody ever expected to be in. And the way that you guys are handling it is just incredible. Yeah, we appreciate that. We certainly have built a system here in Chardon that seems to be really, really working and hats off uh, certainly to our educators and all of our students who are really, you know, making the best out of this. And much like this podcast that was born out of really a calamity called COVID-19, where we're able to, you know, you talk about uh, social distancing, we're we're uh, physically distant, but we're still being social at this time. Um, what um, what connections do you have? Do you go down to uh, spring training at all with the Indians at all, or do you just rally the troops once those teams are set up up north? It, it really depends. Usually, my wife and kids go out to spring training and they spend a week out there. I go when I can because you know being a minor league baseball broadcaster doesn't exactly pay the bills. So yeah. I have to work. A, you have to work a you know quote real job in the off season. So when I'm able to get time off of that, I go out there and it's it's really nothing more than just reconnecting with some of the guys that you're going to work with that summer because we know who our coaching staff is. You have a general idea of who some of your players are going to be, but it it turns over so much every year that it's more just reconnecting with people and and strengthening the relationships that you had the year before. You speak about connections. What type of connections uh, do you have with the Indians and how long have you been involved with the organization or have ties with the organization? Uh, well, professionally, I've been with them for this will be my ninth season involved with the tribe. Uh, my eighth in Mahoning Valley. I also spent a year as the radio voice for the Lake County captains. And then before that, though, it goes all the way back to my father in law. He played in the big leagues, Kevin Romberg. Uh, early 80s, he was with uh, Charbonneau, Barker, all those guys. He was up in the big leagues with them. So I've, you know, ever since Trish and I first started dating 20-some years ago, there's been that connection as well. What position did he play? He was utility, mostly outfield. So when he was up in the big leagues, I think he was mainly an outfielder, second baseman. But he was kind of that, the, uh, the extra guy that could play anywhere. So he's that valuable commodity. So you Let, mentioned the name Barker. I yeah. mean, at Murray, you'll, you'll jump on this. I mean, that's a popular name in the Chardon area. Uh, Tim, you have any stories that it might seem appropriate for this podcast that you could share with our friends out here in Chardon? Uh, honestly, I don't have very many uh, Barker stories. Uh, Kevin's kind of close to the best with a lot of his stories from when he played. 
um, as far as naming names. He'll tell the stories. You just won't name the names, which I understand <laughs> being, being involved in, I get why you won't do that. Um, more, more of the stories from that time period revolve around Joe Charbonneau. So that's, that's the one that there's just story upon story upon story. Um, I mean, personally, I've only met Lenny a, a, a handful of times at some outings that Kevin was involved with. Uh, he's always been very cordial, a, a great guy every time that you sit down to talk with him. So I've got uh, and nothing but great things to say about the few experiences I've had with him. Yeah, he's a great man, great coach. Um, not only did he work his ranks, you know, being the humble man he is, he's, he was coaching rec baseball. You know, moved into travel. Now he's the head coach over there at Notre Dame College. He's got his kids at our school. Um, they're all various sizes. You know, one from six foot eight to six foot right now. They are huge boys. Very, very talented. Um, you mentioned Lake County captains. Um, Mr. Hyman and I, we love going to watch the captains play. And certainly we had uh, the opportunity to see uh, Francisco Lindor play there. Um, were you there during those times? Uh, I missed Frankie in Mahoning Valley by one year. And then the year I was with Lake County, he was already in, I think he was in Columbus by that point. So I, I missed Frankie by year, but I, I was there with Jose Ramirez, Zimmer, Bieber, Savali, all these, basically 90% of the major league roster right now I've worked with at one point or another. Is there something you would say about these guys? I know they're gifted athletes, but is there something that you could say uh, that they all have like a special trait that we can pass on to our young athletes or students out there or something that we could, that might mean something to help them through their, their life. Uh, yeah, there's the, the two biggest qualities I've seen with the, pretty much everybody that the Indians have in their system is one, they're good people. They're just good human beings. Uh, you can see that I always judge it by how they treat my kids when they're around. Cause you can tell a lot by how they how they are like that. Cause internally, Guys may not like other guys, but I always say I can only judge you off how you treat me, how you treat my family. Uh, so from what I've seen, they're all tremendous people and the work ethic is off the charts. I mean, these guys are even when we're on the road in the summer and we're talking about a 12 hour bus ride through the middle of the night. You get in at five o'clock in the morning. They go to sleep for maybe two hours and they're up and they're on a lifting bus going to the gym to, to work out. So they go in, they put their two hours of workouts in come back, they get maybe two hours to take another nap, eat lunch, and then they're on the first bus to the stadium at one o'clock. So they get to the stadium, they have their complete rundown of everything they have to do, whether they're a position player or a pitcher, they're getting the extra hitting in, and just the work ethic that it takes to get to the pinnacle of your your chosen profession, it's, it's off the charts. And no matter whether it's, you know, whether you're working at a store in retail, whether you're playing professional sports, that work ethic you can see it in them and you see what it is you want your kids to have inside them or what you wish you had inside you, because that's what it takes to become the, the best of what you do. And for these guys that I work with, whether you make it to the big leagues for 15 years in our hall of famer, or you never get out of a ball, you are still one of the like 1500 best baseball players in the world for at least one year. And what it takes to get to that point, it's, it's hard to describe, but it's something that you have to find inside yourself. It's nothing that anyone can can teach you what it is. It's just something that internally you have to find. Is that one of the reasons why you're fighting so hard against Major League Baseball and the contraction talks? And obviously it might affect you in Mahoney Valley, but is that why you're fighting so hard for these kids when you get to meet them and you, you, you know what they you can lose? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, because you look at it, they're talking about eliminating rounds of the draft, eliminating 42 minor league teams. They, they essentially want to do away with all the short season teams. And Major League Baseball owns a couple of the short season leagues. So those leagues are gone no matter what, no matter how much they try and save them, they're not going anywhere. Um, now, our league, the New York Penn League, there's a chance that it can be maybe redeveloped and, and still held on to. But personally, I'm not holding my breath on it just from the standpoint of I've seen too much stuff behind the scenes to really think that it may play out any other way. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed because obviously it affects me personally. Uh, but you see guys, you look at the Tampa Bay roster, Joey Wendell, starting second baseman for the Rays. He was a, I want to say, eighth round pick, senior sign out of Westchester University over by Philadelphia. Never should have gotten out of A-ball when you look at his, his skill set and his tools. But if he would not have gotten the opportunity in Mahoning Valley and in Lake County, to, to do what he did, he's not starting for the Tampa Bay Rays right now. It's just, it's not happening. And guys like Jose Ramirez, he walked in his first day of our workouts when they showed up from Arizona, the smallest guy by far. And just judging off the look, because a lot of these guys do get judged just by looks. He would not have had the opportunity to do what he accomplished. And to take away 42 teams, you're talking about anywhere from 25 to 35 guys in each one of those rosters at any point in time. Those are opportunities that are being eliminated for no good reason other than a bottom line. And in the long run, if the numbers that we were looking at, if you take away these 42 teams, each major league organization will maybe save $200,000 for the year. And it's, it's a lot to you and me, but to the, the owners, it's a drop in the bucket. Right. You know, um, you talk about a lot of, you know, coached at the varsity level and, you know, these, some of these kids, did have the opportunity to play um, at the next level. Like I can think of my first year, coached a kid, young young man named Mike Madsen, who went to, uh, made it through the uh, triple, all the way through AAA with the Oakland A's after going to Ohio State. You know, now he's, he's back home, you know, working and doing his thing. And these kids, they have a value. They have a purpose. They, they, they love what they do. They just want an, an, an opportunity. You know, what is it? that you think you don't have to go into great detail because you don't know this either is what's what's going to happen here do you think if this all gets released where we can have some more uh, appropriate social gatherings do you feel that you know Mahoning or the Cleveland Indians like what do you what do you believe it might look like here in June uh it, it's tough to to kind of forecast because I've heard a million different scenarios uh I've heard keeping them in spring training with no fans allowed. And you're going to play in Arizona and Florida uh, to just actually playing neutral site games somewhere else. I think that as a country, we're at the point where you have to hope we get regular baseball at some point this summer, because nothing's more American than going to a baseball game, eating a hot dog, you know, having a drink, watching a baseball game. And to, to, to have that normalization of life in America, I think baseball has an opportunity to step up and lead the way, something that no other sport, going to movies, going you know to a cookout, none of that stuff has the same impact that a baseball game would have. And I'm holding out hope that by June, we're going to see some kind of form of baseball being played. I'm not holding out hope for the little kids this year because I just don't think that's gonna happen. But at the professional level, they'd be crazy not to push to have something happen at some point. While they're not, the minor league season gets pushed back and you play into September and you play like a full month in September rather than being done at Labor Day. 
that's a possibility because the weather is so nice, especially in the Northeast during that time that you're crazy not to do that. Uh, I see Major League Baseball playing at least half their schedule, if nothing else. Uh, I just don't think that they can afford at this point not to do everything they can to try and bring that normalization back to our life. So I, I see it happening. I just don't know in which form it's going to happen. Because like I said, there's been so many different conversations going behind the scenes about what it could possibly be. But none of us really know. Uh, you know, I don't have any inside tips on it's going to be this or that. Uh, I'm just going off my personal hope is that it's going to happen. Um, if I think any other way, I, then you know, I, I probably wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. Governor DeWine has been an absolute leader in the state uh, with really having the leadership and wisdom with all the people in his team to kind of really make sure that Ohio is doing the right thing. Um, and he's been working with lots of different organizations, one being OHSAA. And um, there, right now, we don't know what's happening with OHA, OHSAA. We do know that we're kind of in that standstill through the 1st of May. Uh, it could be uh, extended. Um, what wisdom, advice do you have for our high school athletes knowing that they might have to forfeit the thing that they love the most, this specific spring sport, and might impact their summer season? Like what wisdom? You know, you see those videos out there, kids throwing balls around with, you know, video virtually things or even professional baseball is doing that. You know, kids are outside or in their in their basement or in their garage hitting off bonnets and all those things but give some wisdom or some sage advice to those kids i mean the number one thing is be prepared keep yourself ready to go uh don't look at it like i'm losing something look at it as what's my next opportunity especially the seniors because those are the kids i really feel bad for because if they do lose their their final year of spring sports they just they have to look at it more from the standpoint of there's more opportunities next so I, I play baseball, I play softball, and this might be the last time I ever get an opportunity to competitively play in an organized like school sport, because maybe I'm not quite good enough to play in college. And so there's, you're thinking there's no opportunities. There are, there's men's leagues, there's other leagues, there's co-ed softball that, you know, I played when I got done. I didn't work with it well because my competitive side was just too high. So it didn't really work. I didn't want to be that guy. So <laughs> I stepped away from it. Uh, but, but my wife played, still to this day plays, plays softball. And there's always an opportunity out there. So I don't want these spring sport athletes, especially the seniors, to think it's over. There's nothing else I can do. You know, I'll never play this game again. There's opportunities to do it. It may not be for, for Chardon. It may not be for another school. But there's opportunities out there. So you know, don't look at it like it's the end of the world. Because, you know, we, I know I can speak from someone on the outside that grew up playing this and obviously he's around it, watching, the, watching these high school kids. We're pulling for them. We really are. I hope they get their season, even if it's just a month of the season. I really hope they get the opportunity. But if not, it, it's not the end of the world. I promise you guys, it's not the end of the world. There will be other opportunities for you to play these sports you love. I do have a, a question relative to your play-by-play. -play. Um, every broadcaster has a catchphrase, a call, something. Do you have one? I, I try not to, but there's definitely things I go back to. Um, one of them on my home run call, I, I tag it with a see ya. And people are always like, oh, you know, the Yankees got, I'm, they had nothing to do with that. Uh, my grandmother actually had Alzheimer's when I was uh, just starting into this. 
And there was a funny story where, where one day she just stood up and went to leave the room and yelled, see ya, and walked out. I'm like, perfect. It's a way to pay tribute to my grandmother okay. and everything. So that that's my tag on a home run. But I try not to have anything like that because it just, if you do it, especially at the levels that we're at doing it, it doesn't sound natural. It sounds forced. Um, you know, there's only one Tom Hamilton out there, you know, yeah. with the, the corner of Carnegie in Ontario. Yeah. There's one guy. Yeah. And, and I'm lucky enough that he was my mentor getting into this. And he especially stresses, just be your, just talk, just be yourself. Don't try and put taglines on there. You know, you get to the big leagues and you've been a big league broadcaster for 20 years. You can tagline anything you want because they're going to put it on a shirt. They're going to put it on a hat and yeah. you can make some money off of it. But where we're at, you know, it's just, it's just whatever comes out. And it just so happens that there's certain things I do say just because it's my comfort level. Like if I'm going through a pregame show, I know this is what I'm going to say to get me to this next break. Or when the national anthem ends, it's kind of a weird little segue into the broadcast. So I have a certain thing, you know, where I'll say, you know, national anthems in the books, it's time for baseball at Eastwood Field, just so that I kind of tag myself and I know, okay, now we're into the broadcast. And then whoever's doing my production on the radio side knows, okay, we're at this point and it's time to go into the, either this spot or we have X amount of time until our next break, things like that. So I try to stay away from the taglines, but I have that one specific one on the home runs. That's cool. Sounds great. I'll tell you, I don't know if you're near a window, but it, I keep looking outside and the sun is shining. It just looks like a beautiful day for baseball and it's just driving me crazy. Oh, I don't know about you guys. Yeah. You have sure. no idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to drag the kids out of the house just to throw a ball around for a little yeah. bit. Well, Tim, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to spend with us and all of our listeners here in Chardon Schools. Um, Mr. Hyam, any last questions? No, I'm good, Tim. Great seeing you. Thanks for coming on. We'll have to get the boys together very soon. I know they'll be itching to play a little ball. Oh, absolutely. My, uh, thanks for having me on. Any chance to talk about baseball is a, a day I look forward to. Well, the the one thing that, you know, you say, you know, don't have a catchphrase. Well, the lo the last thing we always ask our listeners or our, our, our interviewers is, do you have anyone you want to give a shout out to today? Uh, obviously, I have to say Shout out to my wife. You know, she's uh, <laughs> if I don't do that, I'm not going to sleep tonight. So I'll say that. <laughs> uh, and actually, just all you guys in education right now, like I said, everything you guys are doing, it's, it's unprecedented. It's something we never thought would happen. And the the level, I, I see it with my kids in mentor schools. Uh, I see it through other things that like I read on social media. Just you guys are killing it. And, and as a parent and the spouse of an educator, I can't thank you guys enough. Well, we really appreciate it. We appreciate you. For anyone that's listening out there, is there any way that we can listen to you give a broadcast online when this occurs? Absolutely. Uh, our website is linked up, mvscrappers.com. So that's MV Mahoning Valley Scrappers. We do all of our broadcasts through there. Uh, we have a radio station. I don't know what it's going to be this year because it kind of changes each year, but everything is run through the website. We also, when we're at home, we have a live stream that's got my broadcast over it as well which uh, we actually were fortunate enough that Baseball America named us the number one uh, minor league stream last year. That's awesome. Awesome work. Congratulations. Thank you. Again, we appreciate your time. Go outside and play some ball. I can't wait to get outside. Even if it's just shooting a basket right now. Yeah. All right. Thanks again. Thanks, Thank you. Tim. Take care. Peace out. Thank you.